Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, it's Blunt here. It's here another Panther Rants podcast. It's uh, Tuesday. My kids are back in school. And of course, everybody's back in school in Houston. It's nuts here. Traffic has gotten absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, all the I guess all the idiots are back. Anyways, guys. Not much going on as far as, well, for one thing, college football starts back up. Actually, college football's already, you know, begun. It's just there's some little games in the way. I know Rice played Saturday against Prairie View A&M and won by, like, a field goal. I figured figured Prairie View would beat them. But, you know, it didn't happen that way. But I think I, I believe Rice and Houston play this week, this Saturday. Actually, they renewed their rivalry, and it's the Bayou Bucket Bowl, you know. And I don't know. I thought about going to the game. It just depends on some things. But we're doing this big hospital hospital wide go live, and it's been a disaster. Let's just say that. You know, when you upgrade a system, you would hope to mimic what you've had, and. Well, our vendor decided to, uh, you know, add some new features and do a whole bunch of stuff from scratch, and it's been a disaster, natural disaster. So, that's pretty much how my life's been the last few days, but I haven't, you know, catching up on some things, you know, keeping track. I see at the, um, I think last time we talked, the Whippeal, I heard, was, um, not going to be televised their games, their, their championship games, and I guess, you know, anymore with Pittsburgh. And I guess it came down the, you know, maybe it's changed now, but it came down the money. And I made a joke that the Whippy will, you know, will be, will be uh, televising their championship games in Pittsburgh. But I'm hearing they got offers from Columbus, State College, Ann Arbor. I think a few, there was a, oh, South Bend is what I said. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they want more money, but they're, but let's be, I mean, let me slow down. I'm sure it's about money and stuff, but they're, this is the Whippy Old Championship Games. It's not fucking WrestleMania, okay? You're not the damn Super Bowl or anything else. You're, you're high school title games in the western Pennsylvania. That's it. I mean, I'm not sure, I mean, the games are televised, you know, are televised here in Houston, you know, for the, for the state and local as well for, you know, I'm not sure how the, how the money figures come in, but the thing about it is I'm sure they get more money because, well, for one thing, Houston's got about, is a lot bigger, has a lot more, uh, 
a lot more people with money. And a lot of these guys will pay for this. But, you know, what people, it's a little different. I mean, this, it's not WrestleMania. I mean, if anything, you're hurting the kids because, well, they're not getting exposure. You know, I'm sure, you know, if you have a kid, you know, playing on a team like that and they're in a title game, of course, you want to, you want to DVR it or record it, whatever. So, you know, you're just hurting, you're just hurting the kids when you do this. Well, who knows? Maybe, 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 maybe that will change over the next few months and they'll put the games on. Who knows? Maybe they already have and I haven't, you know, looked at it yet. But I saw somebody boasting about how Duquesne has 39 players from the Whippy on their roster and nobody recruits the Whippy harder than Duquesne. Well, that's see, this is why Pitt doesn't really recruit Whitfield as hard anymore, or, is it, or anybody else does. I mean, there, there's your thing right there. I mean, thirty-nine kids in an FCS school. Come on. Hey, if they're getting scholarships and stuff, hey, more power to them. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm sure they're better football players than I am. I mean, I'm 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 just a nerd. They're obviously they obviously you know have some sort of athletic ability. I mean, I play deck hockey. I mean, I can, you know, I can brag about that. You know, be one of the, I mean, I'm on those deck hockey players that brags about playing how brutal the sport of hockey is, although it's a non-check league. And you play, you, you play with a freaking ball and next to nothing equipment. And your, your, your injury, your risk of injuring deck hockey will be maybe getting hit with a, hit with a slap shot, maybe a little slash, and of course, at the end of the game, if you you get some people who get revved up with this sport and adrenaline flows, and they're losing, and they pick a fight because you know it's it's deck hockey. I mean, we I remember one time we almost got into a team fight at the end of the game, and you know when you're younger, you love you live for that stuff. You want to fight. I think I was close to thirty at the time, and we all were pushing thirty. We were about to fight. I said, "Come on, Jesus Christ, it's deck hockey. Come on, let's go." Let's go have a beer. So anyways, I'm getting off topic, but uh, we'll get into some other things here. Some more pit stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not going to really preview Albany yet, you know, or any ACC games to later in the week. But, um, you know, I didn't talk about the Catholic Church, you know. I know that was a topic I meant to get to. And, you know, I, went to, I was raised in a Catholic um, grade school. You know, I went to church every... I went to church every Sunday. And it was fine because our Mass was like 15 minutes long. It was, you know, and uh, we called it the, it was funny, we called it the drive through mass. That's what I was, the, that was what everybody called it. You went, you sang a hymn, the priest lectures you for, um, you know, a few minutes. In our case, it was Father Crowley, who was on that list of uh, priests who did the, uh, I guess, you know, who had, uh, you know, reported abuse 
you know, he would talk, and then, of course, we did, we did the Eucharist, you know, where you get the, the wafer and the, the wine, and sang under him, he talked, of, he taught, peace be with you, also on you, you know, may the Lord be with you, get out of here. I guess that's pretty much how it went, for the most part. You know, I went to a um, Catholic grade school, you know, where they had, um, you know, they were with, with uh, you know, they were kind of partnered with Holy Angels. Holy, Holy Angels kids went to uh, to the school. So, you know, Father Crowley would be there as well on, on certain on special masses we'd have at the school. He would be there usually. And I remember, like, you know, when I was doing my sacramentals, like, especially with, like, with reconciliation, communion. Reconciliation was really not that much of a big deal. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't much practice involved. You know, you just, I mean, I went and you sat next, you sat in front of the, you know, the Father, which was Father Cry for me. You know, I told him, you know, my sins and he, you know, he would joke with you and, you know, say a few Hail Marys, our fathers, and be on your way. You know, communion. He'd pick us up after school to take us to to the after school practice. And, but you know, all, all those. And it was funny because he would when he would come. You know, to our school, we had to do the confessionals and stuff. For him, there was always a long line. The kids loved Father Crowley. You know, I, I mean, he was my priest too, and I, you know. I refused to see any priests for, in that school, you know, because I really enjoyed Father Crowley. So, you know, I wasn't really shocked he was all on that list, and I, you know, I was, you know, because you know, with the, with as, you know, as, as many priests that were named, I figured he, you know, there was, there was a really good chance he'd be on there, and it was, he was on there, and I think that none of my none, none of the kid none of the priests that I went to you know when I went to my grade school were on that list there was one priest that was you know was there one time but he was gone before I was there and then he came back I think after I graduated and uh you know I think for a while I was worried about my classmates she was well because well, a lot of those kids were older boys and you know you're touching base with your, you know your, your people in the school with and just talking about it so Anyways, I don't really, you know, I don't regret being, you know, being, a, you know, being raised as a Catholic. You know, it's funny because you go on Twitter, you have these people go, "Well, thank God, this is why I didn't want to be Catholic, dude." Fuck you. So, you know, a lot of religions they teach you values. You know, the, the Bible obviously is a bunch of stories and stuff that shape that try to tries to shape your life in a way. I mean, there's there's lessons there. You it, it, you just you, you take them or leave them. That's all you can do. And that's really all, that's really all religion is, to be honest with you. I mean, my, at least in my opinion. You know, it's stuff that shapes you, and there's lessons to be learned, and you just just give and take. I mean, you're gonna you're, you're gonna make mistakes in life, okay? That's the thing about when you're raised religiously is you can't make mistakes. You can't do this or you can't do that. You're going to make them no matter what. And if you read the Bible, you see that these guys that supposedly were next to God, next to Jesus, they made mistakes. 
It's all about forgiveness. So there you go. Enough of the religious. Enough of the religious stuff. So, anyways, pit um pick on a transfer by the name of Jeff George Jr. And obviously this kid's bounced around. He went to Illinois where his dad, I guess, was a star. I remember watching Jeff George play, you know, when I was a kid. I mean, I think it was I was fifth or sixth fifth grade when he came into the league and the Colts were just bad. I mean, for the I guess when they I know Baltimore was upset when they lost their, their football team, but they should be happy that team was gone because that team sucked for most of their uh, existence in Indianapolis until they got Peyton Manning. I mean, they had a little bit little flash when they brought in uh, the Braun Meyer from SMU because he had to get the hell out of that scandal thing. Well, Meyer went to New England, I think. Then he, went, you know, then he went to Indy. You know, they had some flashes with Eric Dickerson, and of course they went. You know, they went to the AFC, AFC Championship game on a Cinderella season. But other than that, there's not much to talk about as far as the Colts go. Eventually, they you know they, they got Peyton and things went well. But Baltimore, they you know they waited around. They got they ended up getting a really good team and you know really good leadership and really good front office and. They won two Super Bowls since they've come into the league in you know '96. But uh, Jeff, his this kid obviously he's bounced around a bunch of schools. He went, he was he tra- he went to Illinois. Didn't work out obviously because he wasn't good enough. So he wants he transfers to Michigan. Where he thought he had a chance. He actually walked on. My thing is this. If you couldn't win a starting job in Illinois, you're, you're sure as hell not going to win one in the... Uh, you're sure as hell not going to win, win a starting job at Michigan. Because Jim Harbaugh's pre-recruited four or five quarterbacks are way better than you. So he lost the starting... He actually lost a starting job to a transfer. And um, yeah, he lost his starting job, job to a transfer of all people, and because because the guy was world eligible, and that was it. He was done. So now he wants to go to Pitt, where he thinks he's got a better chance. But the thing is, is he's going to have to. Um, for one thing, Kenny Pickett's already pit pencil as a starter. Ricky Towns is his backup, and supposedly, you know, a lot of the backups aren't really that good. They're not never been all that great in camp. But, you know, it could be either way, you know. Sometimes, you know, in train camp, you get your fuck-ups out of the way before, you know, you get to the, you know, to the real thing. So maybe he feels he has a chance you know, to go up the depth chart, which I doubt. But then, but then I just read yesterday that the better news he doesn't know if, he, if this guy's gonna be eligible for this year. So I, I don't know what the hell this, this kid's doing, and you know, 
my thing is, if you're going to transfer somewhere, go somewhere you have a better chance to start. Go to an FCS school, do something. If you want to relive your glory years from high school, because obviously you're not going to, you can't do it in college. You know, in a Division One, go somewhere where you can actually play. But anyways, I guess the more the merrier. But Pitt's got Albion this week, and you know, I, you know, their coach by Gattuso, and we all know about Greg Gattuso. I mean, he, you know, he was—I thought he was a really good hire when when Pitt made when Pitt, when, you know wants to hire him on. He was—he did really well at Duquesne, and I thought he was a really good hire. And obviously, he went with his guns a blazing when you know with the, when the staff got fired and. You know, there were some rumors of some stuff that he did when you know, when Dave Wanstead was fired, and some of the, a lot of it had to do with Steve Peterson because they didn't like they hated the, they hated Peterson. But in this case, was this was cutting your nose to spite your face, and supposedly he was trashing Pitt to the whippy old kids or the players they were recruiting. They were recruiting, you know, basically saying not the butter coming here. Gee, thanks. So, you know, Greg left, and he went to Maryland for a bit, and now he's uh, head coach again in Albany. So, I'm curious to see if um, we hear anything, if anyone pulls up any old storylines about, you know, you know Wani's firing and stuff, because, you know, I had a buddy who's really who's actually friends with Doug Atuzo, and he talked about the whole, <laughs> about the whole Mike Haywood bringing them in to talk to him, and I guess Haywood eating, eating an Italian hoagie. While he's talking to them, <laughs> so yeah, we got Hoagie, Hoagie Gate. If anything, but um, you know, we'll talk about that on front layer this week about what to expect from this pit game, and really, you know, it's it'll, it'll be short and sweet because really, it's a D one team and not really much to write home about. And of course, other stuff. You know, Steel, you know, the Steelers uh, got Ryan Switzer, and he's a good return guy. So people are saying that's pretty much going to be the beginning of the end for uh, Quadri Henderson. Yeah, you know, I hope I hope Quadri ends up you know ends up on the roster somewhere. Maybe practice squad if anything else. You know, get him up. You know, give him a, give him a paycheck. Do something with him. You know, maybe they can work with him. I, you know. Quadri's really, you know, electric. Maybe I can use him, you know, in certain packages on the offense. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Nate Peterman obviously is, um, you know, he's shown a lot of improvement after last year. But people are still, you know, but people, most mostly Twitter is hung up on his five interception game. Because basically, his coach threw him to the wolves. And I guess was. And I understand why his coach did it. He wanted. He wants. He needed a spark on, on the passing game. And he wasn't getting it. So he threw uh, Peterman in. Peterman obviously it didn't work out for him. But this year, he's. You know, if you watched him play some of his highlights, you know, some of his film, he's actually been leaps, leaps and bounds. 
above it. I mean, he looks a lot more confident when he throws. When he, when he goes through his reads and things. A lot, just a lot more better. James Conner's having a decent camp. And Ben Roethlisberger's lobbying for him to get more touches. And, I, you know, he should. He should get more touches. Takes some heat off of Levy and Bell. And for Bell, it would be his benefit because he's he won't take as much beating. That's the problem with these running backs is once if they see a lot of carries, a lot of touches, they go downhill after that. I mean, I, I saw that in Houston where Aaron Foster pretty much, they gave him the ball almost every, every play. and They gave him a big deal, but after, after that big season where he had like a lot, lot of activity, he declined after that. But anyways, guys, there's really not much else to write about or talk about at this point. If anything, I just ramble a bunch of off-topic stuff. But anyways, hell to pit. I'll talk to you later, guys. Bye.